Hello. I'm so happy to be here with you and so glad you came. Um, about a month ago, it might have been two months ago, I was babysitting my grandson, which is Brooke's son, and he started reciting something, like really fast and a lot of words and really long, and I've never heard him memorize something that long. And I'm like, August, what are you saying? Like, what, what is that that you're saying? And he's at, he says, that's a strong song, Mimi. And I go, well, what's a strong song? And he said, it's Encanto. And I was like, whoa, what's Encanto? And um, little did I know that Encanto was kind of a very big deal. And so I, he took me to the strong song, and I just want to play a clip for you in the strong, about the strong song right now. And just try to listen to the words if you can hear them. Whoa, let's hear it. Drip, drip till I get a pop. Whoa, oh, oh. Who am I that I can't kiss it all? Pressure like a drip, 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 and a never stop. Whoa. Pressure like a drip, 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 and a Am I that I can't carry it all? Falls. So that's, that's the little song that he's memorized. And he's this little tiny guy. I think he's about 20 percentile on the growth chart. And he is so impressed because this woman can lift and push and hold everything. And when I watched it, I thought, this is totally opposite for me. This woman is just dwindling under the pressure. It's just so much. She feels like she's walking on a tightrope and that she's going to fall. And then I thought, this is so good because the passage we're looking at this weekend is Matthew 11, 28 to 30, about coming to Jesus all of us who are weary and heavy laden, and he will give us rest. And if you think about ourselves as women, there's so many things we juggle. There's so many pressures we feel. And I can just bet in a room this size that we come with heavy loads, like Megan mentioned, whether it's our finances, our role as a mother, our role as a friend, difficulty in relationships, our health, 
our identity. Some of us are suffering in severe suffering. Just all kinds of things that we carry as women. Some of you might be here and it's a miracle you came because you're disappointed with God. You're disappointed in your intimacy with him or just in yourself. And I am here to tell you that Jesus wants to meet you here this weekend. Let's just read um, Matthew together. I'm going to read it out of the New American Standard Bible. And I want to just read the full two verses. Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So that's the focus of what we're going to be talking about this weekend. And one of the most incredible invitations we get in our life is from Jesus himself. Jesus invites us to a close and personal and intimate relationship with him. And as women, it's so important for us to be invited, isn't it? Do you care if you're invited? Come on now. Some of you do, some of you don't. Most of us care. I was just sitting with a dear friend about a month ago, and another friend of ours' daughter's getting married, and she didn't get invited to the wedding. And she's crying, and she's telling me, you know, I thought we were good friends, and, you know, we've lived a lot of life together, and I just, I'm so hurt. And it was just one of those things where, you know how it is if any of you have given a wedding. There's just certain numbers, and you have to meet them, and they just didn't make the number. But the, the, the hurt she felt from not being invited was real. Because we all want to be invited. So tonight, I just want to look at three little snapshots where Jesus invited people into relationship with him. He invited them personally. And I want you to think about it for a minute. Do you feel invited to the table with Jesus? Do you feel invited to come. Truly. Just think about that. So the first point that I just want us to clarify is that Jesus invites us to come. Most of you know that, but I'm going to I'm going to kind of dive into what that means a little more as we explore it together. He invites us to an invitation to intimacy. So look at John chapter 1. And we're just going to read briefly through thir- uh, verses 35 to 39. And here, um, John has talked about the Son of God. He's, you know, told everybody about the Son of God. And in, in verse 35, Jesus comes into the picture and it says, Again, the ne- next day, John was standing with two of his disciples And he looked at Jesus as he walked up and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. So here the Lamb of God is on the scene. And the two disciples heard him speak that, and they followed Jesus. I mean, they were probably so excited because they've heard of Jesus, the Lamb of God. 
And Jesus turned to them following and said to them, what do you seek? What do you want, guys? They're following him. And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? So a pretty personal question. They want to know where he's going, where he's staying. They don't want to just know that there he is, the one that's been spoken of, the Messiah, the Lamb of God. They want to know where he's staying. And, and what does Jesus say? This is what's so sweet to me. In verse 39, he says, come and you will see. He invited them in. He invited them closer. Not just knowledge of who he was, not just hearing about who he was, but actually coming with him. So he said to them, come and you will see. And so they came and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. So we see this invitation to, to know him, not just to recognize him, to him, but to come closer. Do you feel like Jesus has invited you to come closer? Not just in your head, who you know him to be, but to come close. Just this week, I had an experience where I was really challenged with this idea of would I let him come close? The day before Easter, I had a number of circumstances happen, and I was just really sad. Like, sad, sad. Like, not like, oh, that bums me out, but like, sad. And I just couldn't shake it. It just gripped my heart. And I told my husband, and you know, Easter was the next day, and like, like Megan said, we're pastors, and so that's a really intense day. And so Saturday, I made an appointment with my mentor on Monday because I thought, I, I can feel this is big. And so we had Easter, and then Monday I met with my mentor, and I'm telling her about how sad I feel and that I can't let go of it, and I'm just, you know, I'm like brokenhearted over this. And she said, you know, Denise, um, you're teaching on Lamentations this week. The next day I was teaching on Lamentations. And the loving kindness and mercy of the Lord is fresh and new every morning for you. You know that. And I go, I know. I believe that with all my heart. And, he, and she says, well, why don't you let Jesus wrap around you in your grief and pain and comfort you and just bring all this sounds so elementary right you're thinking she's our speaker she doesn't know how to go to god with her pain but it was like she said what does it look like for jesus to comfort you and as i thought about it i thought you know when i've been when if i'm desperate like huge things and nothing you can do for yourself you're just flat on the ground, I look to him for comfort then. But sometimes in those everyday moments, I know Jesus is my Jesus. I know he's loving and kind. I know his tender mercies are new every morning. But I don't actually sit there and like cry with him. And so I just sat there that day and I basically bawled my head off. And I invited him closer. He's close. He's close in my mind, but Jesus says, come with me. He says in the Psalms that he tucks us under his pinions, that close, that nurturing close. And it was like a, it was like a different day for me, and I'm still 
thinking about it, it, it it's, it's a new level for me of closeness with him and bringing him into my pain at that level. And as I cried, I mean, sometimes you think, oh, bringing him that close, it's exhausting, at least for me, to just lose it with Jesus. But as I did that, and as I've been doing that this week, I've noticed he comes so close. He's this close. He's holding me. He's compassionate about what I'm broken about. And I know his love, and I feel his love. And that's what Jesus does when he invites us to come. And secondly, in John 4, if you want to turn to John 4, I love this because this is where he invites the Samaritan woman. And many of you probably know the story. But um, turn to 4, verse 7. It says, There came a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. And his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. Well, therefore, the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan, for a drink, since I'm a Samaritan woman? And then in parentheses, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, who it is, who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. So she said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well's deep. Where then do you get that living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us the well, and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle. And Jesus says to her, everyone who drinks of the water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him shall never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. So isn't this, do you see the personal side of Jesus here? He speaks to a woman, right? You've heard the story a million times. A woman that he hasn't even ever spoken to. He doesn't he addresses her background, but he sees who she can become rather than who she is, right? And then later she, he asks her about her husbands. But he breaks cultural rules to speak to the woman because he loves the woman, because he's inviting her to come. He's inviting her to drink, and he wants her to drink living water. He knows he possesses the thing that she needs, but sometimes we don't come to Jesus because we don't feel worthy, right, of coming for the very thing we need. I don't, some of you might have come to Jesus in such a good state. But for me, I came from a background where there was alcoholism in my home, uh, one of my parents, and that habit an addiction in our household created in me a very scared, insecure little girl that didn't have a lot of confidence in who I was and who I was to the world. I felt like in our home, it was like a secret. And everybody else in the community and world seemed normal, but I didn't. And so when I first came to know about Jesus, I wanted to have eternal life, and I wanted to go to heaven, so I wanted 
to have a relationship with Jesus. So when I was a little girl at eight years old with Marianne Mooney, I committed my life to Jesus and I asked Jesus to come into my heart. But I never really felt like I belonged because I always had in my background and in my mind that my value was less than other kids or than other, well, than the people that God really loved. And then in college, I went to a mission trip, which was, I never even knew a missionary growing up. I went to a mission trip and they taught on First Peter and it's a miracle that I even got there and that they thought I could be a missionary. And we worked with um, students teaching them English. And then in the afternoon, we would share Jesus with them and bring them to different events and stuff. And as we were teaching First Peter, I realized for the very first time and received the invitation from Jesus to have a new identity in Christ. That my identity was what was true in God's word and it wasn't what I came from, but it was what happens to me in Jesus. That I was his royal priesthood of all things. This crazy girl, this girl that was not a church kid, that was not in the in crowd with all the spiritual people, that was not anything that I thought God found worth in was royal priesthood according to 1 Peter. This girl was chosen by God. This girl has obtained an inheritance that is imperishable. This girl is sprinkled with his blood and that anything that I do that disappoints God as I bring it to him, he forgives us and I am, forgives me and I'm completely clean. And I, I heard that and I couldn't believe it. It was true. And that changed the trajectory of my life. But that coming to him I couldn't believe that I was invited to come, not just to the outer circle, not just like, yeah, I love Jesus. I even accepted Jesus. But can I receive everything that's been given to me as a child of God? And that happened then. And some of us don't come because we don't, you were like me. You don't feel worthy. You're you're not a church kid. I did not feel worthy of coming. I did not know what created my worthiness. I just knew that I had a different background than everybody else. And so when I understood that I was invited to come into that inner circle, that changed my life. Because now I am a child of God. I am part of his close family Megan was praying before um, you all came and had us just think about being at the table with Jesus. Being invited, that your name is there. It's not just her name, that girl next to you, that really special, nice girl. You too, me, I'm invited. My broken, imperfect, Crazy, I mean, it's a miracle I can find my notes. I'm invited to the table with Jesus, and so are you.
The Samaritan woman, she's just going, Jesus, what are you talking to me for? Because I'm not, I'm not even in your cultural class. You're not supposed to be talking to me. And what did he do? He invited her. So lastly, like I said, it'll be rough having me find my notes. Um, In Luke 19, let's look at Zacchaeus. Here's another one. This guy's not worthy. But Zacchaeus 19.1, it says, He entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Not a good reputation in town. And Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable because of the crowd. For he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him. For he was about to pass through that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And he hurried and came down and received him gladly. And when they saw it, they all began to grumble, saying, He's gone to be in the guest of a man who's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I'll give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. So isn't that cool? Jesus sees Zacchaeus. He really seeks him out because he's up in the tree. And he knows what he needs. And he says, I'm coming to your house today. So he looks over the outward appearance. He looks over his position in society that is not well respected. He knows he has defrauded people. And yet he says, I'm going to come dine with you. Come. I'm going to your house. That's the kind of Jesus we have. And then lastly, in Matthew 11, right before we look at the come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, if you back up to verse 25, Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heavens and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. So he is knowing that the religious people don't get it. These hidden things that he has, this water that he gives that where we will never thirst again, the religious people did not get it. They were trying as hard as they can, but they couldn't live up to the standard and they were frustrated. He says, you've hidden these things, God, from the wise, but you reveal them to infants. That's interesting. And then 26, yes, Father, For this way was well-pleasing in your sight, this way of the cross. All things have been handed over to me by the Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. So this amazing, supernatural relationship between the Father and the Son, he just continues to talk about, right? And to anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him, come to me. And how do we come? Not as that religious 
perfect person or trying to be perfect, but as an infant. Isn't that interesting? He says, when we come, we just come as an infant. And what is an infant like? They're dependent. They don't, all they know is they're hungry, right? But they don't, they don't even know where they're going to get their next meal from. But they're hungry, and when they have that milk, they are satisfied, and they rest in the bosom of their mother. And Jesus says, that's how I want you to come to me. Just dependent and hungry. Like Monday for me. I'm dependent, I'm hungry. I'm a nightmare. But I'm hungry. And as you come, I will give you rest. That rest comes when we have the posture of an infant. But we have to come. We got to come hungry. Right? So I just love how simple Jesus makes it. So in John, we see two men knowing who Jesus was from teaching intellectually and religiously, but Jesus inviting them to come. In Matthew, we see a wee little man full of corruption, but desiring relief in Jesus. In John 4, we see the woman probably filled with shame, a little bit like I was, not good enough, invited Jesus to come and be fully loved, invited by Jesus to come be fully loved, and fully filled so she doesn't have to thirst again. And then we see the religious working as hard as they can to be in relationship with God. And Jesus says, I will reveal the things of the Father, and the things of the Father are hidden. Just come hungry as an infant, and I will give you rest. Jesus' ways are so opposite of ours. In all these passages, we see the uninvited, the broken, the imperfect, the intellectual, all invited to be included. So I don't know what category you are in tonight, but I just want to invite you to come to Jesus. Again, come hungry. Don't come because you know that's what people say to do, but come because Jesus wants you close. It's not something we have to do as people that know God and love Jesus. It's something we get to do. We get to be in his presence, close, tucked under his pinions, and protected. So I just want to ask you, do you believe you're invited? Psalm 8.2 says, from the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength. So all we have to do is come, come as an infant. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. 
That's all I could do on Monday is just be still and know that he is God. Elizabeth Elliot says, fear and burden arise when we imagine everything depends on us. Kind of like, I don't even know the girl's name in Encanto, but fear and burden arise when we think that everything depends on us. We want to obsess over our burden, but he wants us to obsess over him. He wants us to be like those disciples in John, where they're not just like, oh, Lamb of God, wow. No, they were like, where are you staying? I'm coming with you. <laughs> they wanted to be with him. So however you come tonight, Jesus is inviting you to be with him. Not just to know him, but to experience him, to be transformed by his presence. I'm still working out that transformation that happened last week. But you know what I know? I know he's with me. He's with me. He's invited me to come. And I just want to close with a little story. Um, a few, quite a few years ago, my sister was um, in a really dark and deep place in an area with one, one of her family members. And we would talk almost daily, and she would talk about the wrestling with God over this thing and what to do and how does God fit in when all this has happened. And she said to me, Denise, you know, I love God. I know he's going to take care of me. I know he redeems everything in our lives. But right now, I can't read. I can't talk to him. I can't. I, I don't even want to listen to worship music. So a lot of times, worship music just brings us into his presence, doesn't it? But she said, all I can do is I wake up in the morning, I get out of bed, and I just kneel down on my knees, and I raise my hands up. And I say, Jesus that's all she does. It's all she could do. But her posture, I love because it showed dependence. And even though there were no words, she couldn't explain the situation she was living in. She brought herself before Jesus. And Jesus met her there. So tonight we have the privilege of um, receiving. So I'm going to bring Brooke up right now, and um, let me just pray while she, as she's walking up. God, we come to you tonight. Some of us just barely on a knee. And others of us, like Megan described in the intro, so excited about all we will receive this weekend. But whatever posture we come in with tonight, God, we look to you because you've invited us to come. And we open our arms and we receive. Jesus, you are so personal and loving. You are compassionate and kind. And your mercies are new every morning. 
so we come to you together tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.